Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Your Drone Questions Answered. I'm John Dicko with the Drone Launch Academy, here to find the answers to your drone questions, the ones that you submit for this podcast. Today's question is, how are drones used in the military? It's a broad one, but we got the right person to answer the question. I have Chris Simmons with me today. He's the founder, owner at Dark Horse and Man, and he's also involved with plenty of other endeavors involving communications. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. So before we get into the meat of the question, do you mind just kind of talking a little bit about what you do, a little bit about your experience when it comes to drones in the military? Yeah, 100%. Drones and more specifically, I guess aviation has kind of been a family endeavor for me. My dad worked for Delta for a long time as a mechanic there. So got to spend a lot of time around the airplanes when I was a younger guy. And my brother was or still involved as a private pilot for a private jet company. So he gives me a lot of grief sometimes about how he went towards the manned aviation side and I'm still flying toys, but you know, been in the drone industry for a long time. I was in the military, started out by working on Chinook helicopters and then was approached to go into what we called UAS, right? Non-manned aircraft systems. So went into that. Flew the RQ-7B shadow system for many years. And then that got me into an opportunity to work for a large defense prime. And with that, I was afforded the ability to go downrange and spend a lot of time deployed as a civilian contractor working for some of the top tier military units that are out there within our Department of Defense. So I did that for almost six years downrange and spent some time deployed doing that job before coming back and moved into project management, working for the deployed contractors and kind of helping them throughout that. And then extended into roles with business development. And that's really where my passion lies is business development, sales, delivering the solutions that customers are looking for. So did that with that large U.S. Prime, moved into some software as a service with a U.S. fleet management type company. So they're doing fleet management and then into another group two UAS OEM that's building some products to solve some unique mission sets. And now I work in a critical communications company that delivers C2 and comms for robotic vehicles, not just air, but, you know, land and see as well. So more recently started a, a small business earlier this year doing drone images and videos for events along with some consulting on the side and Drone Launch Academy was really pivotal in helping me prepare for that to set that business up. Get my 107 done even though I've been in this industry for a long time and needed a refresher course and you know, that was nice to get with you guys and then also get some business ideas out of it as well. Very cool. Well, what a resume. And I'm glad we're talking to you too, because I mean, we'll, we'll get to this towards the end of the interview, but it sounds like you've really taken drones now from not just using that in the military and as a service to the country, but as an actual real career, which is super valuable to our, our entire DLA community. So we'll talk a little more about that. First, let's get back to the main question here of how drones are used in the military. And I'll be honest, at my age, I just think back to like the wars in Afghanistan, the, the war in Iraq. That's when I started hearing about drones and drone strikes and offensive operations. And I'm just curious to hear from you. Obviously, we know about attack drones, but how else are drones being used for military purposes these days? Yeah, and it's a lot of uses. Honestly, the nexus of the the drones or UAS, UAVs, whatever you want to call them, really started with something that's called ISR. And it's intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance, right? It's the flying camera. Think of the drone as a truck. 
You know, if you can put a, a camera on it or another subsystem on it to help you get some piece of intelligence, that's where it's going to go. And that's what the use was. So we started off with really just flying cameras around. And then we started putting other things onto the aircraft systems to deliver subsets of intelligence. And they're being used for other use cases that you could even see in some of the commercial and civilian applications, terrain assessment, mapping, LIDAR type packages, all that stuff is being utilized on the aircraft systems today. We're starting to see more of an emergence into other mission sets outside of just the strikes and outside of just the camera. It's a combined capability solution. So, you know, the military is looking for assets that are able to deliver at a lower cost or even less resource ex extension into, you know, the, the mission that they're trying to solve. So we're starting to see stuff with cargo logistics and supply delivery that they're looking at doing, force protection, search and recovery, or even personnel recovery for injured soldiers, and then mine clearing and even some of the, the runway surveys, right? The Air Force has a big program going on where they're looking at how to use drones to go mm -hmm. out and do site surveys on potential runways and whether or not it's safe for those C-130s or C-17s to land on and deliver logistics. So really extensive mission sets, not just the strikes, but you know, those are, that's definitely there, you know, all the way from the larger MQ-9 type Reaper platforms down to even some of the smaller stuff, like what you may or may not see in Ukraine nowadays. Very interesting. That's just another example of where we're hearing about drones in warfare, Ukraine. Absolutely. I'm also sensing so many parallels here to other conversations I've had with other drone experts on this podcast of just drones being used for mapping, surveying, even search and rescue, which is a conversation I just recently had with someone. That's very interesting that it's just all very parallel with it in the military. Talking about the drone itself. And again, I'm going back to like 20 years when I first started hearing about drones in the military, you had this, it's very different than what I see and think about a drone today or a commercial drone. These drones in the military, in my mind, are obviously for purposes of carrying things. But can you talk a little bit about what makes a military drone stand out from a hardware perspective and what kind of varieties are out there? Yeah, of course. And the military uses a range of sizes of drones, right? So you've got, we call them group one through five. Group one is your your nano type size drones, your super smalls. Your group fives are going to be something along the lines of like a global hawk, right? It's really big. It's got like, I believe a 737 type engine on it. Jet engine can stay aloft for over 24 hours and flies at 65,000 feet. So it's huge, but we go really small and may sound cliched, but the, the military drones are exactly that. They're, they're militarized for military use. So you're seeing things like robust components. Typically you're getting longer endurance out of these platforms, even all the way down into your DJI-esque size platforms, you're going to see a little bit longer endurance than maybe you would see out in the commercial marketplace. So that battery technology is, is increased for what they're trying to put onto these aircraft systems. And of course, cost, right? You, you typically see a higher cost platform being utilized in the military than you would on say the commercial applications. Going down a little bit deeper, you start to see higher end sensors, you know, especially on the full motion video side and the camera side, you've got large platforms that are extremely expensive, but also extremely capable. But you also start seeing some other things too, some secondary type sensors, right? We, we just talked about it. LIDAR or synthetic aperture radar, being able to do other mission type sets, those mapping payloads. There's a couple 
some capabilities that are really cool that I've done some digging on is wide area motion imagery to be able to scan up, you know, an area that's multiple kilometers wide simultaneously. Super cool. You know, you're able to detect lots of things and you're not looking through the soda straw of just the, the regular camera. That's pretty cool. But as we kind of emerge through what's going on now militarily across the world, right, you're starting to see companies deliver drone platforms that are able to operate in contested environments, right? So how do you operate? You know, everybody's used to having our ground control station or a remote control and seeing the drone right there. But how do you go do that in a contested environment? Maybe you don't have GPS. Maybe you don't have communications. And we're starting to see how some of these OEMs are delivering these platforms are able to go do that. And the military is really concentrating on that, especially the DOD. We've got something that's called the, the NDAA or the National Defense Authorization Act, where you're seeing those robust platforms being delivered by these companies here in the U.S. I'm sure... Most people have heard of the blue UAS list or the green UAS list, right? Those are some of those smaller drones that are, that are able to participate in what we're looking to go do internationally. Very cool. And not to jump the gun on, on this, but you share a photo with me. And speaking of the Department of Defense, we're looking at a photo right now of, of a drone. And it's one of the larger drones. If you want to tell me what kind of drone this is. And also a little bit, this is a situation where you got to meet the current Secretary of Defense. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, late Secretary of Defense, Ashley okay. Yeah, so that was back in 2013 timeframe. It was a really pivotal moment in my, in my career meeting him. I was working with a team downrange. That platform is called the Airsoft platform. ISR platform uh, as a contractor working with a military unit downrange. And we were doing a lot of really good stuff providing force protection and base security for where I was at at the time. He had expressed some interest in being able to see those operations and seeing how we were flying and what we were doing. And so, yeah, it was a really pivotal moment and, and pretty cool. So very, very cool. You talked a little bit during your introduction of, of kind of the process you went through when it came to becoming involved with military drones. Can you speak a little bit about how do you get involved with flying a drone for the military or being involved in those kind of operations? What kind of training is required? Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to be in the military specifically to get that training to go do this type of role. It worked out for me. That's how it went, right? Where I started in the military flying these things. And that's how I got involved in, in the career and it became a niche. But more specifically, if you didn't have that military experience, you can still get into this. Part 107 is a big thing. Just getting that experience and going out and, and being practical about flying the aircraft, flying it safely, meeting the rules and regulations that you need. But there's other roles that you can apply to this. Engineering is a huge thing within this industry. You know, you're electrical, you're mechanical, you're systems engineers. You've got to build them, right? You've got to build the platforms and it's systems of systems. It's not just the aircraft. So getting involved in that. I've also seen across my career, people will come in and work in logistics and even HR roles with some of these companies that are building aircraft for the military or have a defense kind of focus and they'll take the leap, right? They'll start in logistics, but they start gaining that experience around how the company works and leverage that experience into, hey, I want to go fly. I want to go work you know, with the platforms and work with the military. Throughout what we're doing here is there's contracted training, there's contracted deployments. That was a big part of my career was working as a civilian contractor for the military and trying to provide that 
or provide services for them. And there's ways to get involved in that. You know, not a plug at all, but, you know, some companies that I'm aware of, right? USI is a good company, Volatis Group out in Pendleton. They do some stuff where you can start training on some larger aircraft type systems, get that experience, have that little certificate that they give you at the end of the training, and you can leverage that potentially into an, another role. And then right now, especially, there's a lot of commercial companies that are really transitioning the tech that they've built and transitioning that into a DOD kind of focused product line or DOD focused service line. So it's a good time to get involved in it growing. I think it's going to grow even more. And, you know, if you're interested, now's the time to start reaching out, kind of looking at what that career looks like. Very cool. This is a perfect segue into my next question of how this is all going and the involvement of drones in military. And there already seems like, like you mentioned, there's this merging of, of private companies and and skill sets needed elsewhere, just things that you wouldn't necessarily think would be military related. How do you see the involvement of drones evolving in the future? Honestly, I see an emerging reliance on all things robotics. Drones from the Nexus help save lives. And that was really where it kind of all started. I kind of see drones and robotics being the next battlefield replacement, right? You know, how can we take the human element out of this and, and really start protecting you know, the lives that are there, whether that be through, you know, you hear about medevacs, right? There's a golden hour with somebody being hurt. Can I use a drone to deliver medical supplies or blood or things like that, that help keep that person going, you know, until they're able to be saved? How do you see over and extend the soldier's reach from the human perspective into the next world, right? So is it being able to see farther, see over the hill and, and see the adversary or do something like that? And then there's more of a system of systems approach where drones are going to be applied to different capability sets. So you may have a platoon that has vehicles that are out there. Maybe we start to see a lot more tethered type systems to extend their and elevate their sight line beyond what they can see on the ground. You know, the DOD is working a pretty big effort right now. It's called the replicator program, where basically it's small, smart, cheap. We go back to the Ukraine and they're honestly, they're going through about 10,000 drones a month that are either crashing or being shot down or contested in some way, right? So those low cost, attritable systems are going to be part of the evolution that we start to see. That's very, very interesting. You've taken drone operations beyond just military and you've started your own company and you've really made a career out of it. And the Drone Launch Academy is a community of people who are passionate about drones and want to apply them to either a current career or blaze a new trail. And so what advice would you have for drone enthusiasts within our community uh, who want to accomplish things similar to what you have done? Yeah, of course. I mean, three things come to mind at the top of my mind. Networking, it's huge. It's just building your network, talking to people. This community is still small. And I've never met a gatekeeper within this community yet. People are always willing to, to open up, talk through things, talk through the new technology, make an introduction to somebody. I'm part of the local drone organization here in Pennsylvania. There's plenty more throughout the country that, that do that, where you can look towards small business owners and experts that have been doing this for a few years. 
introduce yourself and meet those people. AUVSI, broader organization. They have an annual expo. I feel like I'm back in a fraternity every time I go to it, walking around. So it, there's plenty of places that you can go to really meet people, leverage their expertise and kind of gain insight into this community. Second, I would say being passionate and being humble. It is a grind. While being in this industry for a decent bit of time, it is still a grind with this new business venture and being able to connect with customers. but. I've found that if you're passionate and you're humble about where you're currently at, even with your, you know, a new startup business, your customers tend to understand it. While it may lean towards giving some free product away or free project, it's going to help you gain that understanding and that experience to when you can really start transitioning into what your customers are looking for. And thirdly, I'm a drone nerd, but the drone is just part of the toolbox. So how do you leverage that tool for your customer? Whether it's saving a customer money by doing a job, maybe replacing, pulling the human away from a dangerous job and using the drone for that. I'm really starting to see drones being used for a lot of things that I never would have thought of recently. Like, Pressure washing. There's some guys out there that were using drones to go pressure wash buildings, right? Crop spraying or even culvert and kind of underground inspection where you would typically have a human doing that job and doing that inspection, but now they're using robotics to go do it and it's safe. So find that niche, find that thing where you can help your customer out. And that's really going to be where you're successful. And then I know we're closing up, but you know, thanks again. And you know, Everybody feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with new people, chatting about the industry, chatting about what's going on. You know, if I can provide advice, more than happy to do that. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris, for that. I, I really appreciate it. And honestly, this conversation, it's such a good conversation, but it feels like we just scratched the surface of really how drugs can really be leveraged in this military industry. If you're listening, if you're watching, and if you have follow questions, submit them and we'll get Chris back on and we'll talk more in depth about any of this stuff that have come up. I'd, I'd love to have you back back on here, Chris, and talk more about it. And you can submit a question for us to find an answer to any question you have about drones. You can go ahead into ydqa.io, type in your question there. We'll see it. Or if you're a part of the Drone Launch Connect community, type it in there. We'll see it. We'll find the right answer. We'll find the person who can answer that question. Until then, we'll see you in the sky.